listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour or so we're going to be talking all things food and drink and Ollie is already misbehaving and we haven't even finished the music. I was, I was actually about to say that if, if you hadn't said that, I'd say and Sue's got that cheeky look. No, no, no. It's, one of, it's been one of those weeks, isn't Not it? Not at all, it has been one of those weeks. Now, do you remember last week, Ollie, we had uh, Jill and uh, from the lovely um, Butler's Farmhouse Cheese uh, did. Uh, family. Did. And um, we've kept this uh, for one of our guests. She brought along um, an Easter egg. She did. Made out of cheese. She did, as a, as a sort of example uh, of some example. of the crazy stuff that they're yeah. doing. And uh, on the side of one of these, it says, don't eat chocolate, eat cheese. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the both together. <laughs> Very easily. You can, as you yeah. have proved on many occasions. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're joined by Paul A. Young, who has been on the programme before. And um, I think it's, Really, really true to say that you are ranked amongst the world's best chocolatiers. That's what they say. It's true. <laughs> it is actually true, though, isn't it? It is true. It is true. I think I'm going to read out. I let other people say that. Yeah, I decide that. You couldn't possibly comment. And no. um, he has, of course, because he's he's renowned as a flavour alchemist, which is what I like to think of you, and probably the only chocolatier in London working in a really, truly artisan way. You've brought some with you, haven't you? Some yeah. weird and wonderful for us to taste. The current collection with the odd house chocolate, which... Um, you're famous for. Very famous for. And it should be identified by Ollie, I think, if we did a blind okay. taste. and be like, oh, that is a, a salted caramel, that is I, a passion I, fruit. I think we should, <laughs> after all these years. I think we should do, um, I think we should do a blind tasting. Um, we're also joined by Damien Lee. Hi, Damien. You're oh, no, it's great to be back. You're no stranger to this programme, are you? Definitely not. I think this could be the third time it is. over the years since we've been doing this. So it'd be great to um, have an update on the Mr Lee's noodle story. Love to. Yeah. Are you up for chasing some chocolate first? <laughs> you bet. You bet. Okay. <laughs> This could be quite a bit of a chocolate fest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll come on to you. Um, so, Paul, um, your team make all the creations completely by hand. Yep. And you have kitchens at each of your shops, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's the unique part of it. We didn't want to have a industrial unit, a factory, in, in a way, because I wanted the smells, the sounds, the creativity to be on site. And that mm-hmm. came from me looking at chocolate uh, chocolateries and patisseries in Europe and you could see through the back and the family had been making them through the back in the exactly. tiniest little shoebox space for like 50 years and when we started 13 years ago you, that wasn't even around you couldn't see that mm. so each store has a kitchen below it our city store at the Royal Exchange does all our baking our brownies and it's a hot kitchen our Soho store makes all of the short shelf life really delicate Creamy stuff, stuff yeah, yeah the truffles and caramels mm. and the islington site camden passage does all of the ambient solid things like bars of chocolate easter eggs all those kind of things that don't then add a liquid or a, a short shelf life product too so we've separated it all out and the chefs move between the kitchens so they get to do everything all the time it is the hardest way to manufacture i think but it means we're using our spaces and it means the shops are real working mm. from ingredient to finished product stores. So I always go into your Royal Exchange one. Yep. And um, you, so it's tiny when you go in. It is. You open the door and it's the smell. Immediately it it's the smell. And it's not a very cloyy, horrible, chocolatey smell. It's just a smell of 
I don't know. Stuff it's, going on. We bake all our brownies there, and it's like it just—it's made the wood, the walls, everything smell amazing. Chocolate, yeah. And it's also not sugary chocolate smell. No. It's not that smell of just really sweet confectionery milk chocolate. Yep. It's got depth to it, and I think without the smell. And I have been in a lot of chocolate shops without smell because there are just chocolate shops that are being supplied into, mm. which is absolutely fine. But you do lose the sense of, mm. I'm expecting it to smell of chocolate. And then also, I'm sorry. Ollie. So it's interesting because a lot of, you know, I think high-end retail, and you are in the space of high-end yeah. retail, use manufacturing as a gimmick. And it's mm. sort of like, look, we're making things here. Yeah. But so often they're not actually making things there or they're making only a tiny percentage yeah. of what they're actually selling. Mm. But it's interesting to hear I mean, that you've remained, because you know, you, you've become you know, quite a big name in some ways yeah. in, in the UK chocolate scene, that you're still manufacturing everything on these three sites, and that's you know, your that's commitment. That's great. Yeah. And we, when you walk into the Exchange uh, Square one, um, in the winter, you have this bubbly, bubbly hot chocolate, hot chocolate going. In the window. <laughs> so, it's in the window. So when you walk through, like, they, like, they can ladle hot chocolate into yeah. it. Oh, God. Mm. And well, I don't even, you know, I hate really sweet chocolate it's really 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 not my thing but when you go in you just feel like you've got to have some well it's, it's experiential isn't it the, 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 the thing we wanted to do is have that experience of smell and taste and touch we have nothing behind glass um because i just didn't want a barrier of glass behind people between pe- people and my uh, team um but it's that whole expertise. When I talk to other professionals in the industry and I still say we temper everything by hand, fill everything by hand, shell every chocolate by hand, decorate by hand, and we're using about 25 tonnes of chocolate a year, they just look at us like we're crazy because you put it in a machine, temper it in a machine. But no, for us, we use 25 different varieties of coverture of chocolate to create our chocolates from five to six different suppliers and producers, which means... Can you imagine if you had a tempering machine, the cleaning? My team would be pressing buttons and cleaning and not using the skill of the craft. Mm. You know, we are a craft business because every single stage is by hand, which gives you lots of uh, problems in some ways because you're reliant on people and not the machines. But I found that people are nicer to work with and easier to fix if they break down than, than a machine. And also the machines are really expensive. Yeah, chocolate equipment is expensive, and I just wanted to keep the craft alive. Because when you go into your shops, all of the people there, they can talk to you about anything in there. Yeah, they're, they're, they just know, don't they? They do they're, because they are part of the business. Exactly, they've got they're to not immerse just a themselves. Sales assistant in inverted commas. We had a meeting this morning with a full sales team, just reiterating that hmm. because they have to pack every product that we make, so they've got a hand in making it look beautiful, in finishing it off. We can't sell it unless they put it in a box and present it beautifully. We also can't sell it unless they taste it and experience it. And we allow them to do that freely because how on earth could you sell something that you haven't Mm. experienced? Ollie, it's very difficult to be high-end and retail. It is. It is. It's very hard. I mean, I think, you know, there are some of the butchers, I think, are doing it well. Mm -hmm. But again, they are few and far between. And I think... You know, I mean, I live in Islington, so I'm near one of Paul's shops. And, you know, I think, you know, you're one of the sort of the beacons of, mm. you know, along with sort of the Fromagerie and Turner and George and some of the other guys who are really kind of I really love Turner and George. It's great, isn't it? Um, you know, we, we're very spoiled for choice. But yeah. it's, it's, it's great to see someone taking this level of commitment to a single product. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about, I think, this celebration now of individual crafts that's going on you know i think we're getting it now with whether it's bread makers or yep. patissiers there's people are beginning to again appreciate some of the really deep skill required 
to I make agree. this kind of stuff. I was very sad in um, Covent Garden, because I used to live in Covent Garden when I opened my Soho store. So I, I didn't even live near work, so I was seven days a week, morning and night, and there was a butcher. I think the last one of the last butchers opened and it closed mm. because the rents were high and I was really sad and that's before we had the artisan sourdough movement and the craft beers and so on and so on but it's coming back and someone was I'm, I hate talking about the B word the Brexit word but we do talk about it in business because we halted growth a little bit to see what was going to happen but the one thing I believe that has happened and will happen is this growth in making from scratch again in the UK, small businesses, people deciding to do it themselves. That's how all these bigger companies started. You know, the big retailers started with a store yeah. or a market store. Mm. There's no reason why we can't do that again. In a hundred years' time, they become big. Mm. But it has to begin with, can you learn to make it, start from scratch, have pride, ownership of what you're doing, and sourceability, sourceability, but sourcing well. Mm -hmm. And if that means we're training people who aren't academic to get back into a highly skilled business that that we need, because I think that's what's going to the UK is going to need, depending what happens Absolutely. in the European Union. It's brilliant. But so, is is are most of the people who work in your shop helping you create the chocolates? Are they, they are trained as as chefs. They're trained as patissiers and, and chocolatiers. I mean, what's there? It's a mix. So my my chocolatiers. Most don't start as chocolatiers. They start or are employed as a they're chefs. And they have been chefs or been pastry chefs or neither. I've had two head chefs in my history that started as kitchen porters with us and worked their way up over the years. And it's not about the skills you have. It's about the skills you're willing to learn, whether you like repetition, and it is insanely repetitious at times. And it's about the mindset. Do that? Does that person look at what's happening around them. Are they wanting to get involved? Are they curious? Are they? Yeah. Mm. There aren't that many curious people anymore. They don't ask questions a lot. It's all seems to be... Because everything's fed to us now, a lot on social media. But if you've got someone saying, how do you do that? Can I have a go? I'd let them. But the interesting thing is, you may be about repetition, but you're also about innovation because yes. actually your flavours... You know, you. I think no one would suggest that you're doing things in a humdrum, boring way. Oh, you know? no. You are, you are definitely... You're <laughs> definitely someone who is, who's stirring yeah. things up and creating combinations yeah. we still, that no one would have thought of. Yeah, we still get that questioned and I think we, we still are in some ways um, challenging, not reinventing the wheel and not being contrived in a way, but challenging what chocolate was. I remember years ago someone in the industry said, your classic truffle hasn't won an award because it's not the industry standard texture. Oh, and I exactly, and I was you really said, thank goodness. I said, <laughs> yeah, well, and Please and I, there were there were lots of comments like that, but I didn't I didn't mind because the only thing that had been out there for decades was one variety of chocolate, and it was the Belgian style which we all loved, but there needed to be something different. Mm. And I thought, well, if people are eating my chocolates within seven days, I don't need to have a certain amount of moisture or texture, or shelf life, because people want to buy it and eat it. Why on earth would you want to keep your box of chocolates longer than a week? Mm. And that's what challenged it, was that whole thing of keep it, making it innovative, keeping it super fresh, so no glucose syrup, I still don't use it in anything, no preservatives, no palm oil, no nothing at all, other than fresh ingredients, because you buy and eat. Yeah. And, and one of the things I think um, you were quite keen on exploring, Ollie, is the fact that you know, as you said before, chefs have a certain 
cachet, I think, mm. and a training. Now, Paul was head pastry chef for Marco Pierre White at Quo Vadis. So you have had that sort of yeah. chef's training. But but you really do feel now, don't you, that, that suddenly some of these artisan makers, and you've got to be damn good, are actually beginning to be recognised at the sort of chef level as having very, very distinct skills. Totally. I mean, you look at someone like Chris Horoskova, you know, who was a mission star chef in his own right, and now runs, you know, the bread station in, mm. in East London. And actually, I think there's a sort of desire to specialise in some ways and really explore a narrow field. I mean, clearly, chocolatiering is not Ooh. a narrow field. But, you know, if you are a chef, you are touching everything. And I think what's really exciting is, is that, you know, people like Paul and Chris have actually said, look, no, 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 I'm going to really go after this space and really try and understand it. And I think for consumers who are passionate about whether it's sourdough or really fine chocolates you're opening up worlds to them. And you've, you know, you've written cookbooks in the yeah, past absolutely. and you've done... You know. I think that's... I'm so glad you've both brought it up because there's one thing that I am so passionate about is that when people say, what do you do? I'm a chef. I'm a chocolatier, but I'm a chef. And I got, I got turned down once at a very big food festival because I wanted to demonstrate on the stage. And I said, well, you're not a, you don't have a restaurant, so you're not a chef. And I remember that staying with me and driving me so forward. You restaurant? Yeah, because... A lot of people think if you're a chef, the word chef, you have to have a restaurant. Mm. And, I was, and it stuck with Most me. Most people on TV don't have restaurants, nor have they ever owned one or exactly. even worked in one. Exactly. But things like, <laughs> <They're called chefs. laughs> things like that stay with me and drive me on because then I was thinking, well, we're making recipes from scratch, from ingredients. And I just, I use that. I don't take it in an angry way. I kind of go, well, do you know what? I'll prove you that, that we fun. are. And chocolate That's is still nice. perceived as being quite niche. But Can I just, you know, you just mentioned um, Paul's book. Yes. Um, Adventures with Chocolate won the world's best chocolate book mm. at the Gourmand Cookbook Awards in Paris and was shortlisted for the Andre Simon Award and included in the Independence Top 50 cookbooks. So, I mean, it, it wasn't just a little old book that you just, no, you just penned. And it's no. 10 years old this year. <coughs> is, it really? is it? Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, Ollie, I'm going to challenge you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get you to close your eyes in a minute. Yeah. It's radio, God. so my eyes are constantly closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um, we're, we're going to get you to try one of these chocolates, and I'd, I'd like you to really... Because because I think Paul is a little bit Willy Wonka in in <laughs> terms like of you you, yeah. you 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 do in a Walthamstow way in the Walthamstow way surprising combinations together um, yeah. but but what's really interesting with your chocolates for me is um, they all look incredibly different yeah but actually you can actually taste that stuff you can yeah. actually really and what I find interesting with yours is you can you can single out those tastes and then sometimes you'd have a taste and then you can you can. It's about, the other thing later. It's about layering. It's layering. It's the one layering. thing you have to understand, I think every chef understands, and anyone in food, is that your tongue and mouth work in a very intelligent way, and it isn't just one flavour. So when you put, for me, because we're not using um, bought-in concentrates, compounds, and f- any flavourings at all, mm. the, those individual ingredients have to really stand up for themselves. And if they don't, you're going to know. Yeah. You will know immediately. There's no way of hiding it with purity. Yeah. Okay, close your eyes, Ollie. Do you trust Pleasure. me? I'm Should we give him something new or something current? I'm going to shove something in your mouth. I'm, oh. I'm just going to start something easy first. Oh, right. Now, if you don't get How that, many am I having? The whole just one. one. Just one. Stick it all in. Eat it all at once. Right. Okay. So it's, uh, it doesn't look good. It's got, <laughs> got the whole thing in. Thank goodness it's radio. It's got a whole thing in his mouth there. It's just, oh, I can see. This should be easy. This should be an easy one. Mm. Mm. He makes great chocolates, doesn't he? Mm. This is thinking? one of my favourites. Say something. I don't have favourites, but I do. With this. Why would you say something? I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the enjoyment. 
And that is, oh, look at his face. And that is... Passion fruit? No. No. <laughs> Shall I tell you? Lemon tart. Yes. Can you taste it? Lemon. Yeah. Why do you say passion fruit? What, what are you getting? Well, I, it, it's it's not like a sort of... It, well, often with lemon... Well, no, that makes sense. I mean, the, the passion fruit yeah. is, is quite a sort of round, yeah. big flavour. Yeah. And actually, a lemon tart has that sort of creaminess to it It does, as well. yeah. This is exactly the lemon tart mm. filling, but with a, a sweet buttery pastry pate sucre on the outside. So you get the pastry and the lemon tart. I was trying to work out what the outside was. So that's, that's, that's basically buttery pastry. Crumbled fine, really fine oh, into a dust and then coated onto the outside. So mm, it is lovely. the tart mm. filling within the pastry shell. Right, Damien, you're next. Ooh. Close your eyes. Okay, here it Close comes. your eyes. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm going to give you this one because I think... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's really weird, really. Yeah. Okay. Damien, you really put so, that in his hand. Hand out. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh -huh. There you go. Right. Have a smell. Okay. Smell first, smell. Then, then in. This mm. is a brand new chocolate. Mm -hmm. and is this, it? And this wasn't developed by me. Oh, one of your team. This is developed by one of my head chocolatiers, Paul. He's got the great name. Do you call everyone Paul? Well, his name is... Wait <laughs> yeah. for this. Everyone, that works, actually. His name works is, for him is called Paul. His name is Paul A. Hum. Oh, no. And he's ginger and has a ginger beard. <laughs> I know. Must be difficult to see. Now, that's going to be quite a complicated, that one. This is a complicated mm. one. So you're going to get stuff you after you've swallowed it as well. Mm. This one is I just... Mean, incredible texture. Yeah. Mm. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's very complicated, this one. Very complicated. It's complicated and Long my taste days. buds yeah. don't work anymore. <laughs> and this is incredible, having yeah. a food company, yeah. because I've, I've recently had some treatment and my taste buds ah. aren't working properly at the moment. Yeah. So I had some neck surgery. But I'm going to give it a go. Go on. Go on but I'm wrong to say gingerbready, but... I, 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 I can't pick it. Is it it's, hard? It, it, yeah, it's a tough one. This is, a, this, this, this is one because I thought... Because it, it's bonkers, that's why. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, it's a real Willy Wonka one, is it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is just won a bronze award in the Academy what of Chocolate it? Awards this year and it's a yuzu, wasabi and soy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're, yuzu, wasabi wow. and soy. Yeah. Now so I you, should know should that. another one of them? Yeah. So, that's why I gave it <laughs> yeah, to you. So, so no. yuzu is... <laughs> no, sorry. So yuzu is slightly lemony. Yeah, like yuzu, very tang, vibrant, citrus. Tang. And wasabi, obviously, a little that, bit of heat. That, that a little bit of heat, yeah. Heat? I was getting the heat. Yeah. I was slightly coming through, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then soy. The I was consuming a little bit of salt. At the well, end. the soy, we've reduced it right down until it looks like soy fudge. Is that tamari soy or just regular soy? Regular soy. Regular soy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, that I've Holly. got to go and buy. And try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, for me, what's really interesting is you take that, you know, we talk, we're talking about, yep. you know, you talk about repetition, but actually that's an insane combination. It is an insane combination. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's about a journey and it's kind of, it's looking and saying, in chocolate, you can have a praline and a champagne travel mm -hmm. point. You can also take ingredients that we have every day. We know salt works in mm -hmm. chocolate and fruit and putting it together. Very Heston Blumenthal style. A little mm. bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, Ollie, I've just given you something completely different now. I'm eating, I'm eating one at the same time. I know what it is. So, what are you thinking? These aren't children's. These are really grown-up chocolates, aren't they? Yeah. They're massively grown-up. So the white chocolate's really interesting because you yeah. really get the white chocolate yeah. outside on that. Yeah. But you hadn't. But there's a lot of caramel in it, but I think it's more than that. Yeah. And I'm not sure what on earth the other element is. Blackcurrant cheesecake we're eating. It's a cream cheese ganache. Okay, hence the way you get the cream. Really, 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 wow. really. Mm. really and then a layer of blackcurrant reduction at the top. 
And really interesting because it really you know, when you when you when you go to a great restaurant and you know you get a cheesecake. Yeah. One level, you're given it's like here is a cheesecake. It looks like a cheesecake. Yeah. You know, it smells mm-hmm. like a cheesecake. Now try it. It will taste like cheesecake. And it will taste like cheesecake. <laughs> but actually, what's fun about these is yeah. they are like a sort of element of discovery because yeah. you are often hit by. I mean, that, the, the previous one I had, the lemon tart. Now you talk about the sort of the, the crumbly nature of the um, pastry outside. You get that, but they're they're like little discovery balls. Yeah. What did also, you just have, Sue? I just had ginger beer. Fizzy ginger beer, chocolate. And just to describe to listeners, you know, these look like a normal box of chocolates. They're, no, they they're beautifully decorated and they're, you know, but so you couldn't, it doesn't look like a blackcurrant cheesecake, by the way. No. It looks like a chocolate. Yeah. Um, but they're all beautiful and they're all different shapes and colours. I mean, they're the poshest box of chocolate. Mm. I mean, they're, yeah. they look so artisanal as well. Come on, let me, can I, how can I have a look at the, the list? Oh, yeah, go and on, have a look. Choose. Right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for this one. And um, this one is, oh, no, not that one. Uh, yeah, this one is Buttered Toasted Hot Cross Bun. Yeah. What amazing. But wow. The names are so amazing. interesting. So what is the so, Triple Fire you. Tree Dark Chocolate? So Fire Tree is the, pro- is the producer. They're a right. British chocolate company that make chocolate from cacao from the Solomon Island area, Papua okay. New Guinea. And there are three varieties of their chocolate in there. One from uh, from Vanuatu, one from Solomon Islands, and one from Papua New Guinea. Wow. So all three together, put together and blended in together. You go and taste it. I have just had... How did you know that was it? Seriously, weirdly. It's incredible. Buttered toasted hot cross bun. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is buttered it, toasted hot cross buns with butter blended taste. into the ganache. So it's not like, flavoured. We, You can buy flavour drops for everything. Mm. But we use hot cross buns, and we 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 um we actually partnered with Bread Ahead this year and last year, who we get by their uh, and they supply us with their hot cross buns, and they get cooked into the truffle, mm. the truffle, the chocolate. I'm just and, what, what it just tastes like. Oh yeah, you ju- just had a brand new chocolate, which I have to read it because I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's was Irish it? coffee with honey and single Irish malt coffee. whiskey. Wow, I was picking up the alcohol. Sure, then we leave the coffee. Mm-hmm. We leave the coffee grounds in there to mm-hmm. get texture and flavour, and it the, develops. What's the crazy gold one in the middle? This this one. Crazy gold. Oh, one. now this. So some of these uh, entry That's goat cheese. This is from <laughs> Kieran, my one of my trainee chocolatiers. He entered the Academy mm-hmm. of Chocolates for the first time, and this does have. It's a beautiful chocolate. It has goat cheese, and this has won a bronze award in the Academy of Chocolate this year too. So I like to get so, my team involved. It's goat's cheese, smoked salt and honey. Just I'm, insane. It's good. Oh, nice. I'm going to have a Marmite Ooh, truffle. Marmite. Love Marmite. It's been on the collection 13 years. Oh, is it? I love Marmite. Marmite truffle. Yeah. Mm. 13 years old. I mean, wow. can't Let's take do it a Vegemite version. Can you let... Um, mm. I've tried. Can you let Damien have that one? Oh, yeah. Obviously that's your famous... It's the biggest one. award winner and the mm. biggest really? seller. Yeah. Mm. That's what started the business. What's that like? See, goat's cheese and chocolate. I love goat's cheese and chocolate. Do you? Yeah. Would you... I'm trying to think, yeah. do we have a recipe on our website that has goat's cheese and chocolate? Probably not. No, maybe not. <laughs> but it's fantastic. It's like you use a really... Like really high high levels of cocoa Yeah. So it's you, just it's mm. just really... You've got to get the cheese, the dairy of the cheese right with the cacao. Because a lot of co- chocolate can be a little bit cheesy from the fermentation mm. process of the beans. So you get a little bit of cheesiness in there. So picking the right chocolate is key. To make it work, and we've always used blue cheese in our chocolate. But yeah, which cheese. I know with the Stilton you've done in the exactly. past. Yeah. But that for me is really surprising because nice. you know it's one of those things where I'm sure when you do first um, blue cheese and chocolate, everyone went what? Yeah, and actually now, now we've kind of known about it yeah. for what six, seven years? Is it? Uh, Twelve. Twelve years. Yeah, I first be- made it twelve years ago, and it's been other chocolatiers now have their own recipes of it, 
and it's it's one of those things where if you pick the right the right Stilton and the right chocolate, the flavour profiles are picked up in your tongue very similar, mm. and they blend together and balance mm. out carefully because it's salty and tangy and sweet and creamy. And we put dairy in truffles all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just you can vary the dairy. Mm. So that goat's cheese works amazingly well. I'm sort of suddenly my mind sort of yeah. going goat's cheese chocolate. How does yeah. it? So that is so goat's cheese, smoked salt, and honey. Yeah. What was the original one I those? had where it started? It's like a salted caramel. Or yeah, that, was the, that was the salted caramel. It was a salted caramel. The yeah. sea salted okay, yeah. caramel yeah, yeah. Is, is number one. Without that chocolate, wow. the, that, the business wouldn't exist because mm-hmm. that was the first chocolate I entered into the Academy of Chocolate Awards in, I might get this wrong, something like 2004 or 2005, and it won a gold, and that was the point where my business partner turned. and I went, we the think people turned, might like yeah. our chocolates. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a business mm-hmm. at that point, and that was that's why it's it... Uh, it's mm. still there and haven't changed the recipe. It, but it's quite, I mean, it's quite boring in terms of, uh, you know, the whole idea of sea salt and caramel is, you know, it feels like that's where it all began. It's an overnight 15 year success, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for yeah. everybody, <laughs> for every retailer, mm-hmm. it's been going, we've They're, had it for 15 still years. Going. Yeah. Mm. I, but I think what's so exciting is, is that look, I, I know your business well, yeah. I know the chocolates you produce well, but actually the fact that you're still producing and also letting your team produce yeah. crazy stuff. I, it's really working. I mean, a lot of crazy stuff doesn't work. For me, it wasn't necessarily a risk. It was more saying, I wonder what the team can do. I wonder what, what skills they have. How do their tongues work? And they, we did help, help. I did was there when they developed their chocolates for the awards. And um, actually, quite a lot of the chocolates you've tried are from my team, the, the fizzy ginger beers from the team. So it's the, the, the cheesecake, the blackcurrant cheesecake. Um, I wanted to see what if they were a chocolate... Because if you're given that opportunity to make a chocolate for an awards, just one, what would you be? So the other team made their chocolate, and it's taught me about how they think about food, how they think about composition, mm-hmm. and the training involved from getting a chocolate from beginning to end, and that it needs to be sellable, commercial, and be on our collections in all three stores is a really big deal. Mm. And they've all won awards. And you've got people coming from different perspectives, which is great, isn't it? Keeps it all energetic, I, yeah. lively, mm-hmm. But they're all called Paul. They're all called <laughs> yeah. Paul. Not Even the girls. Is, is that a thing? <laughs> you know, you're, you're either Pauline <laughs> or Paul. And that, <laughs> yeah. It makes life easier, yeah. you know, from it, an well, HR perspective. Yeah, for the first... Well, it does, actually. But for the first time ever, I can say, you know, Hayley Parker um, for Paul A. Young. You know, it, it's allowing me to say, That's these nice. people are the stars as well. Yeah. Mm. It's... If you're a creative person, you employ people, you have to let the people who are creative, who are producing the chocolates for you, have their little bit of creativity. Mm-hmm. It's m- so motivating to get the team to deliver ideas. If I had to think about all the They'll ideas... They'll stay with you then as well. Yeah, exactly. All that investment you, yeah. you've made. And they're experiencing things I'm not. You're, particularly the, some of the team who are 20 years younger than me, their, their aspect of the world is very different, and mm. food, and I'm learning about that now having the business for the past 14 years, and that's been refreshing for me. But you must have a good number of failures as well. I'm assuming when you're in there, you'll make dare you? things. <laughs> things that you don't bring to market. I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're, if you're playing around with You've this, got to like, try stuff cheese, and it doesn't yeah. work. That yeah. must have taken refinement to get it that right. I think you, you, you have disasters in terms of it's very easy, you'll know, it's very easy to overdevelop. Yeah. You can keep going and keep going and then go, oh, the first one was the best. It's oh, the thing to, and the hardest thing I think you can't teach somebody is when to, how far to go and when to stop. Mm. Other than that's too salty, that's too, got too much chilli, that's those fundamental easy things. Because that but is actually, experience, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and it is, when, when do I know it's good enough? If I'm developing this from scratch and it's my invention and thousands of people are going to be buying it, will it still deliver 
blackcurrant cheesecake to mm. every single person. Mm. That's difficult. I'm going to give you a last one for you to try. Oh, wow. I love how you're picking these and I'm not. It's great. Yeah, it's because I know, I know what he's like. You is, should be able to sell this. Is this arak and ginger beer? No, it's not. Oh, I love how you're guessing by looking at no, no, it. No, 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 it's just a joke about what I... Like. Arak, he likes arak. Do you like ginger beer? Oh, I love ginger beer. Oh, I oh, do. One of my favourites. I, I do. Mm. So, Ollie's squinting with concentration. This has been on the collection for, ooh, ten years at least. Ten years. Squinting. Yeah, ten years. He wants to get it right. And the answer is... <laughs> we are testing you, aren't we? I think we're going to... I want to say something like stout. Interesting. There's like a real depth. I'm going to um, give you a clue. It's two layers of yeah. two different food groups. Mm. No, it's not good. It's not kiwi and oyster, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, idea. It's <laughs> no, very famously paired. Peanut um, butter. Oh. And raspberry jelly. Well, now I get it. Okay. Peanut butter and raspberry jelly. Yeah. Can you taste those two things? Now you said peanut butter, yes. It's, you know, it's one, of the, one of the foods I avoid. Oh, really? Because I'm not a... No, I'm not a... No, I'm not a no, no, no. Not Please don't say peanut allergy. <laughs> We're in trouble. Yeah. In a contained room. Yeah. No, 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 no. Can you taste them? Mm, you can. Mm. You get the real lingering. Layers. What are those awful chocolates called that have peanut butter in them? You know this in American I, ones. I, I Reeves. Know, Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Reeves, yeah. yeah. That ruined the whole, the whole concept of chocolate. Well, the thing is, if it's but pe- you're challenging it. <laughs> if it's peanut butter, I mean, you have to pick a great peanut butter and you yeah. have to yeah. keep it really pure. And, you know, that's the thing. There's lots of versions of peanut butter out there. Mm, we are. use peanut butter called uh, um, Proper Nutty from Huddersfield. <laughs> Nut. I know, isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just peanuts. They roast them themselves. And that's because we tasted lots of peanut butter and then, and then we introduced to proper nutty. And I went, this is the nuttiest, like the, the, the truest Essence peanut flavour because yeah. it has to intermediately go, that's peanut, without it being over Or stout. Yeah, I, or stout. Mm. <laughs> so can I ask you what calamansi is? I don't know what that is. Yes, that's a, a citrus fruit. Ah. Uh, from Malaysia and the Philippines, and it's um, so you've got a truffle. This one's Vietnamese, it. actually, yeah. and it's it's been on, that's been on the collection for thirteen years. We can't take it off. I first did it um, as a summer chocolate, and it's vibrant and fragrant and mouth watering and complex. It's like you've blended lemons, limes, and oranges together. It's beautiful, and that can't come off the collection because our customers go would mad. Mm. So, do you have a lot of regular customers who come in? A lot. The Islington oh, Massive. Particularly in Camden Passage. So we opened that uh-huh. a week before Easter in 2006. And when I am in the shop and I hear, well, this is this is a lovely story. My, one of my ex-employees, he came to us for a year. And when we first opened the shop, I think he was uh, something like six or seven years old. Something like, very young. And now he's finished university, um, <laughs> yes. got a job. And he asked if he could come and work for us. And I remember him coming in with his pocket money and buying chocolates. And that's when it hit me how long we'd been there. Mm. And then at Christmas Eve, people saying, we've, we've come every year for 10 years on Christmas Eve. We come to London on Christmas Eve to do the ice skating rink, mulled wine. We come to you and it's become a tradition. And I never thought at all, because when you're absorbed in your business, you're absorbed in your business, that something I was doing would become other people's tradition. Yeah, that's what we that's do in our family. We come to your uh, uh, Royal oh. Exchange and have a... She clears me out, honestly. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we yeah. get a nice box like this and yeah. it's it's actually great fun, you know, yeah. uh, Boxing Day or, or yeah. later on Christmas Day because we do. Everybody has a game of, of, of tasting. Of, tasting. of course, they're phenomenal as well, but, oh, but it's, it's like quite good fun. So I think we nice. have to... That chocolate, you've said the, the key word, you know, wh- however serious you get with food, 
particularly with chocolate, there has to be an element of fun and humour because mm. I don't, I never wanted the business to be stuffy. I never wanted it to be unapproachable. And if we can throw a few things in there that just make people smile, you've, you're halfway there, aren't you? So before we um, we quickly come on to Damien, um, tell me the difference between doing these sorts of chocolates which are in a box, um, yep. which, which always feel like a present, even if they're a present to yourself. Yeah. And then bars of chocolate. You know, yep. are, are there are people still buying bars of chocolate as well as the as, as these? We tend to have a split. So there are people that will buy a box as a gift, mm. and then buy a bar for themselves to pop in their bag and munch on through over the next day or couple of days. But we do have some purists that just love single origin chocolate, yeah. all different varieties and percentages, or a bar of chocolate with an inclusion, i.e., like sea salt or nuts or cocoa nibs or things within them. Mm. Um, but bars are selling massively because we do a 50 gram bar not a 100 gram bar so people tend to buy two and get two different flavors of varieties and it's a great entry point mm. for someone who maybe hasn't had mm. an origin bar before see i was i was stock up on duffies when i'm in yours oh i love we were tasting oh, duffies this morning duffies from cleethorpes in lincolnshire being to bar um we were tasting 61 percent. he's got a milk a dark milk chocolate 61 percent really? made from the mayan red bean <gasps> you cannot start it and put it in your bag it is, a, it is a whole... Like you're eating they're a the great maker, aren't they? He's fantastic. Mm. And it is pure, absolutely pure. Yep. Takes the beans, roasts them, grinds them, puts some sugar in. So the bars you sell are also beyond... Not, not everyone who sell has met bars in your shop are called Paul. So you actually have <laughs> beyond Paul's bars. Beyond Paul's bars as well. Yeah. We do... Actually, people do question because we do sell bars from other producers. So Land Chocolates from London and Duffy and others occasionally because we want to support the people mm. that actually make coverture for us, the chocolate for us to make our chocolates from. And they're buying the beans direct, which is called directly traded, which means they're paying the grower directly mm. for those cocoa beans. It's not, not going through a trade. Not many doing that. Not, not many and not enough because the growers do need to be paid mm. correctly and well. Correct. Or we just will not have chocolate. Simple mm. as that. Damien, your thoughts on these chocolates? Mind-blowing. I mean, listening to Paul and the passion and what goes into making such an incredible box of chocolate, you know, Mm. life is really a box of chocolates here and Mm. the flavours and and ingredients are really inspiring. Thank you. Really inspiring. Thank you. Mm. A slight weird left turn here. Oh, okay. Noodles. I love noodles. (laughs) Do you? I had noodles yesterday for my lunch. Have you ever tried Mr Lee's noodles? I haven't. You have not. But I'm you really you had noodles for your lunch. What does that actually mean? Does that mean you went to? I had an udon noodle. An udon noodle. An udon noodle. Mm. Yeah, I love it. But I've never. I'm, I've got in front of me dragon fire vegetables. How cool is that? And what is dragon fire vegetables? Great. Now, um, uh, you have been on the program before, so, so just a, as a very quick one, you know the the noodles that you you get where you add hot water in general are full of garbage aren't they i mean, I mean really, in a nutshell absolutely and, and, and that was my whole think, reason for being i still think that's the case still mm. the case except except for ours mm. except for ours mm. ours are a difference in... so what's in them so when we say garbage very broad term including politicians through to um bad chemicals um so what's in the, in the bad ones what's generally in there that are the nastiest generally you'll find for for what i a big no-nos for me uh and sorry paul is uh high in sugar Okay, we 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 are certified low in sugar by Sugarwise. If you if you know that little kite mark there, where there's a lot of MSG in products, there's uh, palm oil, not necessarily bad for you, but bad for the environment and so on. We keep well away from those sorts of things. High in salt, um, all sorts of preservatives. So we, our philosophy is to have none of that, it's none of the nasties, isn't it? For yeah, me, um, a lot of that, and mm. and I think it's it's broadly seen as 
in inverted commas, Chinesey, mm-hmm. and therefore somehow MSG and salt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feels like it's okay, and it's just not, is it? It's just not. And that, for us as a brand and a, a challenger brand and uh, a disruptor, was one of our biggest difficulties was to communicate uh, to our audience and to the buyers, etc., that this isn't just your standard pot noodle from Vietnam, yeah. Thailand, China, or a pot noodle. We're quite different. And that's been, uh, that's been an ongoing challenge for us, but, you know, we seem to be getting around that and people are starting to understand there are other options now if you want a noodle. So, so one of the big issues for me or, or the wants that I wanted was to actually bring consumers to the segment that wouldn't have normally been there for all those reasons we just talked about. So bringing new consumers and traditionally instant noodles are cheap, cheerful, uh, student, students uh, enjoy them. So we wanted to bring in, and, and well, actually our customer is actually 25 to 50, predominantly females, health conscious females, young mums. But what, what about sort of a disaster was it when they were actually called pot noodles? I mean, that, well, that's, that's hurt, hasn't it, in a way, do you think, uh, in terms of the category? Has because it, uh, because it's been synon- synonymous a bit with well, look, I mean, there's, there's, you know sort I, of dirty food in, in a yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I have not eaten a I can eat pot noodle as the inverted commas. You can't see them on radio, as it's not much help. Um, but you know, for years, mm. like thirty, I'm going to put it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but there just, was the great advertising but, thing course, where it's yeah. called slagable called noodles or slagable slagable mm. snacks, and mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 that actually was a great. Advertising ploy because what it was saying is it's dirty, it's naughty, it's fine. You should have money occasionally, blah blah blah. Um, but that's actually because of the success of that advertising campaign, it's actually I think downgraded that category, and I think that's and, made your and, life quite difficult. Actually, and yet though. the flip is is that more and more, if you look at what's in foodie store cupboards, you know, mm. Paul Classic mm. Foodie, you know, things like udon noodles and some of the more sort of specialist noodles are merging in more and more store cupboards because actually you can make a simple Asian broth, throw a few noodles in. And actually, it's quite easy to do. And actually, people are experimenting. So, you know, in some ways, I mean, you've obviously, I mean, these are, okay, so they're, they look like a pot noodle in the sense mm-hmm. that they're in a pot. But what are these things? Well, they're, they're, they're quite different. I mean, when we decant, and hopefully after we're going to decant a Mr. Lee's noodle into a, into a bowl or we'll maybe keep it in the pot, our noodle actually looks like a fresh bowl of noodles. I mean, when you take the pot away, put it under the table and give somebody a Mr. Lee's noodle they actually think they're having a fresh bowl of noodles. And that was one of the tricks because if you take an instant noodle or a pot noodle, you know it's an instant noodle or a pot noodle, typically if you pour it into a bowl. With Mr. Lee's, you don't. Well, unless you're good. But I've, I've heard that some restaurants sell your stuff pretending and it's... They do. They do. I mean, we... Yeah. You're not going to mention who they are. <laughs> I'm not going to mention who they are because they, uh, they, they price it up like a fresh bowl of noodles as well. But that was one of the things that I wanted to push to say Mr. Lee's is quite different and very different to the rest of the market out there is you can decant it and serve it as a convenient meal uh, through your cafe, through your... I mean, for example, in Australia, the entire Australian Defence Force now serve Mr. Lee's through their canteens. You can either take it from the canteen shop like that or if you go into their canteens, into their messes, they're being decanted and you can have extra veg, extra beef into, uh, into the, the... Australian Defence Australian Defence Force. Force. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how you got to win that contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, coming from Australia originally, I was in the Australian Defence Force one, once upon a time. So it was quite a, quite a great coup for me because I remember the food back home in, in Australia in the Defence Force days. And to have my product in there now is like, wow, well chuffed. But, you know, amazing that they're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Paul, Paul you, there, there are new horizons you have not seen. I'm thinking what yeah. kind of bar of chocolate yeah. I can get in um, 
in the defence force. Can I just say, <laughs> if I, for me and my friends, the whole pot noodle category, I do, I do see them, and some of my team have them for lunch at work, but they're not the clean ones. Mm-hmm. They do comment on the ingredients being really bad. And I think it's, it, you're right in saying that the pot noodle uh, eat, um, kind of view right, of it. Yeah. If I had that at home, people would immediately, immediately go, you have an instant noodle. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's fascinating for me to know that there is a noodle that is as good as a fresh bowl noodle that I could have when I'm really busy because mm-hmm. time's short and I know it's really natural. I mean, for me, I would, I would walk past them in the supermarket, whether it's an Asian supermarket or Korean or even English because mm-hmm. in my head, I am a bad. bit contaminated by... Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to which say. Is, yeah. So it's nice to be educated today and nice to look at that and go, there is now a product there that can do you that. can do that. That's right. Now, our entire range is gluten-free as well. We're, right. uh, we have, this isn't the entire range here today, but uh, it's a gluten-free range. We also have vegan options. So, uh, you know, certified by the Vegan Society. And uh, the, pro- the, the, the meats and the vegetables we use in there are freeze-dried ingredients where you'll find that most of the other brands tend to use dehydrated ingredients. Yeah. They're cheaper, uh, but they suck out all the nutrition. They're just filler, really. When you use freeze-dried ingredients, which are more expensive, uh, you're locking in most the of the thing. nutrition. It's yeah. the real food. So when it rehydrates, it comes up like a fresh piece of broccoli or a mm-hmm. fresh piece of beef or chicken. So we use tons of it. And when how we manufacture our product is also very different to how the other guys do it as well. And listening to Paul earlier about you know what goes behind the scenes into making their chocolates is, is kind of a similar philosophy at Mr. Lee's, where every single ingredient is individually measured out. So, for example, four grams of broccoli six grams of beef. So every pot, you'll have that same experience. Exactly the same thing. Where you'll find our competitors, they just, for ease and cost, they just pour everything into one big agar, seasoning and dehydrated ingredients, and do a single drop into the pot. So it's a very uneven mix of ingredients. That's actually potluck. A potluck? Yeah, nice. <laughs> there we go, we named yeah. them. Yeah, potluck. Potluck. <laughs> so, so, yeah, where, so where are you selling? So apart from the fact that you're fueling the entire Australian Defence Force, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure what they're doing at the moment, whether that's a good or bad thing, but um, no political comment, um, where else, unless you don't work for the Australian Defence Force, can you actually get these things? Sure, I mean, you know, we've recently opened offices in Australia as well now. We have a four-man team out there and growing, and, uh, you know, we're in supermarkets, Woolworths, for example, in Australia, um, Specialty stores such as Harris Farm, uh, convenience stores. We're on planes, airlines, Jetstar, for example, all over Asia Pacific. And that's just out there. We're, we're in discussions with China at the moment, which has been a personal one that I'd love a coup if we can start selling noodles to the Chinese. And we're, we're very close to now starting to export into China. Uh, and New Zealand is going on as we speak. Um, back home, funny enough, the UK has not been our priority market mm. because we see the opportunity right now out there in the world. In the UK, there's two other brands that kind of filled that more premium cup noodle, uh, I can say it here, it's Kabuto and Itsu, have been around for a number of years now. And to the buyers, there's already a, a more premium noodle in the market. But that Kabuto and Itsu effect that we've had here in the UK isn't necessarily in a lot of other countries. So we've prioritized attacking the international market before coming back to our home market. So uh, later this year, we're launching in the US as well. Uh, We're literally, as we speak, we're gearing up for US launches now. And we're working with some very big partners in the US. Uh, We're opening up production now in the US. So I'm I'm back over in the US next week, getting all our manufacturing sorted out. 
we manufacture in Australia for the Australasian market and we manufacture here in the UK for UK Europe. So we've got French launches coming up, Irish launches. So it's starting to bubble. But in the UK, I mean, we're not going to leave the good old UK. I mean, we're, we're launching into Harris Farm in, in uh, later at the end of the month in June. Uh, Norwegian Airways. We've got a big supermarket launch coming up in August as well here in the UK. We're in specialty stores. Uh, I think Norwegian Air, I think I just mentioned, and so on and so on. Very good. Very good. Very good. So we're going to have to finish it now. What we're going to do is we're going to get some hot water for you to have a little taste, Paul. As soon <gasps> as we come off air, That'd yeah. Be great. Exactly, because you need to have a little taste. Which one did you fancy? The Dragon Fire vegetables. I think I fancied a coconut chicken lack. Laksa. Laksa. Oh, I love coconut I love a laksa. Don't <laughs> you? Oh, well, I'm finish... the Hong Kong street is my favourite. I'm going to finish the <laughs> programme while you boys uh, get some hot water on those. Um, so, um, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Food Talk Show. And as you know, we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield. Ollie's being mum and putting the hot water in, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd. Thanks, thank Ollie. you. What a great, great mum. One, one course down. We're, we're eating our meal in reverse. We started we the trust, but we're ending with no. We really didn't get that right, did we? And um, thank you to my lovely guests. So, Paul A. Young, always a pleasure. I'm, I'm so glad it's still going well. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, Appreciate that's very it. good. We've thank got you. a whole team of, of my company arriving to learn how to make chocolates. Do you do Great. Corporate, you do corporate stuff as well? We do, you? yeah. And yeah. consumer yeah. ones as well? Consumer and corporate, yeah. fun and professional. We're yeah. very nice. excited about that. And um, as always, thank you, Damien. Great to have a catch up on Mr. Lee's Noodles. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. So, so they're going to tuck into some uh, coconut chicken laksa and uh, in the meantime if you've got any um, guests you'd like to recommend please do so via Twitter on at Food Talk Show or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of postcard, podcasts go down there distracting me go to foodtalk.co.uk please do have a good week bye <laughs>